Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Joey. And this week, the music that we listened to was uh, an album called Satana Tarantula, which I, I pronounced as Satana Tarantula last week because, I mean, it's spelled the same yeah, way. That's, yeah, that's how it looks. So I should have I should have realized because it was Satana that it was Latin and then it would be Tarantula instead of Tarantula, but I didn't. Uh, the band is called The Brains. Uh, this is a band that I, I picked this album. I've been wanting to do their 2015 album out in the dark. I think it's 2015 um, for a while, but I was kind of on the fence about it for the longest time. And then I saw that they had a new album out last year and I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that one. It's, it's spooky time. It's spooky season. This episode yeah. is hopefully going to go up on Halloween, which is a Sunday instead of a Monday. But oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully you're hearing this on Halloween if you're listening at all. If if you're not listening, then I have no words for you because they would fall upon no ears. Yeah, how would you even hear it too? Also, uh, but yeah. So their their previous album, Out in the Dark, was very like Halloween themed, almost to like a cheesy extent. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, it's Halloween. They have a new album out. Let's let's give it a listen this week. I actually heard of the band. I found the band because of uh i went to a live show in the city across the river uh, oh okay as as it were um a couple years back it, it was a, an avatar concert that my co-workers uh got me a ticket to so i went i don't think i bought the ticket i'm pretty sure i didn't buy the ticket why would you like, buy I, a ticket to an avatar concert yeah, exactly right i was like <laughs> i don't really care for avatar but if you buy me a ticket i'll go with you because i mean i like i like going to live shows and I felt like it would it would be a good way to give them a fair chance to like change my mind on Avatar or whatever. So I, I went and I saw them, uh, and the brains opened up for them. Also, before the brains played, they had like a circus show by uh, Hell's a Poppin'. I think it's like a traveling circus act kind of a thing uh, that does like I don't want to say like body terror things, but it, it's it's a more like edgy circus act kind yeah. of thing. It's not like clowns and peanuts and elephants and stuff like that. With somebody hanging from the ceiling by hooks stuck yeah, through their back. Yeah, that okay. that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, like Chris Angel. Yeah, like Chris Angel stuff. <laughs> the famous circus performer, <laughs> Chris Angel. But yeah, so I saw the brains there, and uh, I didn't, I didn't hate. I don't hate Avatar. I was, I'm just gonna get that out. I don't hate them. It's just not something that I'm like super interested in. Uh, their music doesn't appeal to me that much, but uh, the brains opened up and I was instantly sold on them. And I actually bought their CD that night, which was out in the dark at the time. That was what they were selling. And I bought a t-shirt as well that night uh, because I like supporting <laughs> lesser known acts. And I have a habit of buying merch at every concert I go to, usually a tour t-shirt just for like memorabilia to add to my collection. Uh, so I bought a brains t-shirt and a brains album from that night uh, so i've seen them live very cool to see them live back in the day have not experienced this album prior to this week <laughs> and uh yeah I, I i i think that's that's enough context that's all of the context i have that's my anecdote to to lead us into i i, I cannot segue well i mean hopefully that that you're not too vindictive about being forced <laughs> to go <laughs> to an avatar concert. I'm not. I'm not. It was it was an okay night. I don't really remember a lot of it, but I remember the brains, and it was it was fun. I mean, I remember that there was a circus, and I remember that track number one of this album is called Vindicta. 
Well, how how would you remember that if you? I hadn't... didn't. You segued. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I remembered it now because I'm looking at it, but at the time, I didn't remember. It doesn't matter. Track number one on this album, Vindicta. <laughs> Joey, take it away. Okay. Well, so this one, I was kind of confused. <laughs> Why? Because, well, so, so you had expectations going into this. I had expectations after seeing a picture of the front man (laughs) and you you saying like that it was kind of a Halloween-y album. You didn't like give any sort of genre description or anything, but I could tell by looking at them, my immediate vibe was like a Misfits type band, which they're not really, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, this song just starts off with like feedback-y guitar synth, what it sounds like over over a light piano. And it feels like it's like starting to get you pumped up for the album. Uh, and then this piano starts to get real tinny as the song starts to fade out. But it was like, whenever I heard it, it was instantly like, I was expecting like at least something rocky. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. It threw me for a little loop. I got yeah, you. Yeah, because it's, it's a kind of like ambient, kind of like intro noise track kind of a thing. Yeah. And it, it was it was nice. It was at least having my expectations changed, I right. think, set me in a better it did a good job of getting me ready for the album, even though it sounds nothing like the rest of the album, I guess. Hell yeah. That's, that's, that's good to hear. <laughs> Hopefully that means you had a, a generally positive experience with Satana Tarantula as a whole. Uh, there, there are no lyrics to discuss on Vindicta because it's just like an ambient, like instrumental intro track leading into track number two. Satana Tarantula. <laughs> Satana that one. Tarantula. That one. That one. The, the Satan Tarantula. <laughs> Satan Tarantula. What a what a name for an album and uh, a track title. I'm gonna full disclosure. Uh, I, I I guess I kind of already went over this. The previous album, which is what I was expecting, is full on like cheesy horror movie trope kind of mm-hmm. songs. Like they have songs about like the Wolfman and and Burn the Witch and there's like a song about like a Kraken or something like it's they're it's all like cheesily themed. Each song is about a different like horror monster kind of a thing, and this album is not that. It it, yeah. it, it keeps some of some of the the spooky I guess theming, but it's not a Halloween album. I don't think. Yeah, like this song, I mean, it's called Satana Tarantula, which yeah. is like s- imagery of spiders and Satan and all that. But yeah, it's not really like a Halloween song, but it is a cool song. So I'll give it that. Like, because this is where it kind of picks up more in the direction that I was expecting it to go, mm-hmm. where it's like, I saw a lot of descriptions of them as Psycho Billy, yeah. which is not like, it's not something I'm really like super familiar with and the only i guess real knowledge i have is like rockabilly type stuff like right. from the 70s or like the stray cats that kind of and some Hell stuff yeah. that even like uh i don't know whenever the guy that isn't glenn danzig started singing for the misfits like <laughs> they kind of went into that uh that man i'm gonna feel bad that i don't remember his name but honestly i don't really care because i don't <laughs> care too much about the misfits Nobody whenever really it's cares not about the misfits without dancing <laughs> yeah but it, it was a cool like older feel but this didn't like whenever i think of rockabilly i think of like people trying to make rock that sounds like it's harder rock from the 50s but it wasn't made yeah. in the 50s and it's updated which i didn't immediately get from this but that being said, I don't care too much for rockabilly, so I'm glad <laughs> that it didn't sound too much like that. Okay, <laughs> so, okay, that's 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 a good that's a good saving grace. I suppose. Yeah, 
I was expecting more rockabilly whenever I read that, but I like this more than I like rockabilly, so that's cool. And the most rockabilly thing about them seems to be the singer's voice, or at least style of singing, which yeah. I do like. That is the element that I like. I really like this guy's voice. Yeah, there's that, and then there's also, which I guess I don't know if it's necessarily a rockabilly kind of staple, but they have an upright bassist. Their their bassist is using this like huge double bass and just going to town on it. And throughout the whole album, you can hear this clicking noise. Oh that's my kind god! Of iterating through all of it, and I was hearing it live when I saw them, and I thought it was the drummer doing like some like rim work or something. But it's not. It's the clicking of the strings of this this man just laying into this double bass the whole time. Okay, so I want to preface the rest of my my everything I say about this because in almost every track I noted the drums which I do really like the drums yeah but there was always like I don't know it's just like oh he does like this cool like clicky things it, it <laughs> talked like Jeremy was talking about Halloween it kind of sounds like bones dancing yeah. or something and yeah but if that's the bass I'm gonna have to like I might slip up the and bass. be like the drums <laughs> at some point just giving a heads up yeah, so they have this crazy upright bassist and just just getting it the whole time. Even when it doesn't sound like they're getting it, there's that clicking that, that they're doing. It's very, like, percussive playing. and I, I think that's really what sold them for me. I mean, it was cool hearing, like, kind of, like, horror rock kind of music with, like, rockabilly aesthetics and, and just the general, like, theming of it, I guess, was cool, especially going into an Avatar concert. But the upright bass really sold it for me. Hell yeah! And, uh, that's why. That's why I think it, it. This band sticks out to me as something that I, I like to share. Well, I'm glad you did because uh, guitar solos on not only this song but just about every song. But mm-hmm. uh, I like the guitar solo on here, which you know. Now that I think about it, I described it as like a surfy feel in yeah, my me notes. Too. <laughs> but I could see maybe how that's part of the rockabilly scene. Yeah. Maybe I like rockabilly more than i think i do but i don't know i don't know it's cool we'll have to find some rockabilly music to, like to dive into. the energy of the chorus is super infectious as well and it makes yeah. me want to like bounce around but like drive fast but like not the kind of driving fast where you're like a shithead the kind of driving <laughs> yeah. fast where you'd be like taking you and your friends are out and they you just left the malt shop <laughs> and you're you're going around the bins and you just left the the high school football game and you're like yeah, yeah we're just jamming out it's, it's got that kind of like high school dance kind of feel to it yeah but like which, back in the 50s yeah that's uh, which I, i'm i don't know i don't know why that is such a sound but it really is here it is. and it's it's totally fine because that's <laughs> like i'm gonna be this is probably gonna be my last time talking about the misfits but that's the vibe i get from the misfits even though they're more the punk side of it somehow they capture that feeling and that's what i like so much about them and the fact that they capture that here i feel like really does does them justice in my mind yeah it's kind of this weird like juxtaposition of it being like almost a time capsule of like hearing something from the past but in a modern setting and with modern like technique and implementation of it which uh it's cool it's cool stuff lyrically uh this track is there's kind of one or two overarching themes that i picked up on throughout the whole album uh side note there were no lyrics for us to find (laughs) online so it was mostly just us listening to them and and uh pulling what we could from what we heard which is pretty easy because i mean the singer he has a a pretty clear and i really like his voice as well just as a side note he has he's kind of that that clear 
prominent kind of singing. Uh, so it's not necessarily difficult to make out what he's saying most of the time. Uh, so this one is, is just him like talking about dancing around with a pretty girl. And then also it seemed like there was some, some implication of seducing her into some steamy romance in, in the backseat of a car or something. Just, just, you know, just typical fifties. Yeah. Teenager partying and getting, getting into trouble, getting into women, getting into women. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ter- Tarantula part. I like, it's he's talking about her where it's like she's a spider and has him in her web or something but he's also like it's there's kind of like a double-sided thing because he does talk about her having him in her web i don't know if he uses those words specifically right because i can't look at the lyrics because they're not (laughs) online a a super fan of the brains go please go out to genius and transcribe all of their albums but uh Get, like it was because he's talking about how she has him in her in his web or in her web, but yeah. he's also seems to be talking about seducing her as well. So it's like there's a there's a two sided thing because whenever I t- yeah. whenever I think about she's a spider who's like catching him, I'm like oh she's she's, she's predatory, control. she's yeah. in control. But it seems like it goes both ways. Yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the biggest themes on this album that I picked up on is just just general like seduction whether that's like by power or in, in like a sexual manner or, or whatever it's, it seems to be kind of permeated throughout a lot of the tracks. Just this idea of someone luring someone else into a position or, or a situation. Yeah. Lighting the fire of passion deep within them. Just like, (laughs) like I think they talk about the next track. Uh, So if we want to move on to track number three, fire. Oh, fire. (laughs) That was a fire segue. (laughs) Oh my god! Am I hip now? Like calling You're, something fire, dude. As all you need, if you could speak an emoji, that's the only way you could be more hip. <laughs> I can try. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to, but I could. Speaking of fire, though, the tone that the guitar has at the start of the song, I'd say that's fire. It's got like a reverby, delayed sound that gets really plucky, and it makes a riff sound just super cool. Yeah, and I like it. So overall, this track sounds a whole lot more like out in the dark does uh my only my only real complaint with out in the dark is that it kind of sounds one note and it all of the tracks kind of sound samey and it's this kind of sound that they captured in fire so i think this album is better from a musical standpoint as having a more diverse kind of sound across the album it's still like obviously within the same genre mm-hmm. but i think my biggest criticism of their previous album was that it all kind of sounded the same and I think this track is the standout track on this album that captures that same sound. So I, I, I typically tend to like that because it's like kind of showing that this is where they came from in, in a way musically. And it still has that. And I do like that sound. Like it's not necessarily an insult to say that it's, it's one note and it's, it's not calling it a bad note that they're harping on in the previous album. But yeah, th- this track stands out as the most like their previous stuff also this one features a well-known rockabilly guitarist danny b harvey who is he like where is he from i don't know i don't know rockabilly oh okay because i I don't know rockabilly either but i was like that name sounds familiar but i of course you're thinking of johnny b good yeah that's what it is (laughs) of course johnny b good (laughs) um this one though like it's also got a solo like i mentioned in the previous song and I gotta say, 
I really appreciate this guy's solo crafting just mm-hmm. because it seems like whenever he plays it, it really fits because that was kind of always my deal with rockabilly is like the guitar never did it for me like other genres of rock did yeah where it seemed like they were trying to update too much but keep the old style of sound everywhere else but then they would have like i don't know a guitar solo that kind of seemed like bordering on out of place and this one he doesn't he doesn't go for anything face melting he doesn't go for anything like super technical it's just a guitar solo that yeah, it's sounds groovy cool. and it fits the swing of of the rest of the song. Yeah, and I like it. It's cool. I agree. There are a lot of really cool solos on this album, and this one obviously has a guest guitarist on it. So I'm not sure. I think they both have a solo individually in, in this track. I don't really remember, um, but there are there's at least one other track on this album that has a guest guitarist that isn't actually called out on. Uh, at least not on the track listing on YouTube Music. They called out Danny B. Harvey, and they called out another feature later, but they did not call out the one that's in another track that I'll, I'll mention when we get there. They must have not had a big enough name. That was the problem. I don't think that's the case, <laughs> and I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But uh, Fire, lyrically, it's another kind of... It's, most of their songs are pretty simple and straightforward. What you What you hear is what you get kind of a thing, and this one seemed to be a kind of getting caught up in the flames of passion and desire. So maybe as an extension to the previous track, this is kind of going more into that steamy romance and there's something maybe blossoming there. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause he does talk about like the fire desire, like that yeah. rhyme that you hear. But uh, it, to me, it was like, it could have gone a number of ways, but given that the last song was about a girl specifically, I feel like this one kind of has to be. Yeah, and I think this also kind of bridges the, the to the second theme mm-hmm. of the album. So overall, like I, I think the two big themes on this is the, the seduction that we've already talked about. And then there's also this layer of running from the consequences or dealing with the consequences, which has this kind of skin over it, this, this disguise of hell and, and hellfire and, and stuff like that. So this is like where Sat- Satana Tarantula was about the romance side. This is fire being both in the passion and, and the sex of the previous track, but also setting up the, the hellishness that is to come. And the hellishness of track number four, which is hell. hell. I, didn't, I didn't intend to segue <laughs> when I said hell, but I was like, oh, that's actually a really good segue. <laughs> I'm going to write that down, write that down. <laughs> write that down quick. <laughs> This is the this is the song that has another guest guitarist. Oh, and uh, it features Tim Orstrom, who is the the lead guitarist for Avatar, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so I I think they they just they went on tour together and then they became friends, and so this was more of just like a surprise guest feature, kind of a thing. So there, there's a bonus guitar solo in this one that has uh, Tim doing doing some kind of crazy fun shredding stuff. I think it's pretty clear which section is his. Uh, the I think the brains guitarist does most of the guitar work in this, but there is like one specific solo section that sounds different, and I believe that is Tim's work. That would definitely make sense. Consider like whenever I wrote my notes for the guitar solo, I mentioned like a guitar solo in the guitar solo, yeah. or it was like a, a separate part of it, like a little guitar solo that builds to another guitar solo. Yeah, which... and I think Tim got the latter. Also, musically, I really like this. I 
I don't think I noticed it the first few times, but the the drums in the verses on this track have this cool kind of like samba rhythm to it. Yeah. That, that really stands out and it, it feels great, I think, in the context of the song. Yeah, I put it as a flamenco feel, but yeah. I don't know what either of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just know the... Yeah, some, something foreign. Yeah, there we go. Something, <laughs> something that's not from America. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know... I feel like there's probably uh, some sort of... I, this band is Canadian. Yeah. And uh, I guess the singer or some... Like, maybe just everybody in the band has some sort of, like, Spanish... Like, I don't know. Yeah. There's, like... The the singer's name is, like, Rene de la Muerta. Yeah. That's his nickname. So, uh, it's, it's probably, like, makes plenty sense and uh call me out if i said that it sounds like the wrong style of music but uh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think in with, with that in mind i think flamenco is probably more likely because that's more of like a spanish kind of dancey thing right whereas yeah. samba is more of like a brazilian south american thing i would not know but i'm gonna take the win there and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, i'll give it to you <laughs> just run run with it and speaking like not speaking speaking of the singer that's so I was I was right when I was gonna say speaking and then I was gonna correct myself. But <laughs> No, uh, not speaking, speaking. Yeah, speaking. But speaking of speaking, whenever he's talking on this or singing on this song, it it has this cool like backwards effect behind it that sounds mm-hmm. like you're hearing a ghost talk from beyond the grave in a movie. And I really like the I guess the play with this song talking about hell mm-hmm. and it having that effect and it's just like a super cool eerie sound yeah so it it is it's again it's kind of still kind of in spooky territory but it's not like as overtly cheesy and and on the nose i think as as the other album that that i was kind of expecting and hoping this would be uh which is not a bad thing just just different uh lyrically this one's kind of like a tongue-in-cheek song where the singer is asking for hell not to take him yet because he's not done sinning and he hasn't like (laughs) quote-unquote earned his crown kind of a thing so this is where it starts to kind of blend at least the way that I tied it all together is that hell is just representing consequences of his, his actions where his actions are generally sinful and, and reckless and be, being wild and, and flamboyant with uh, one night stands and such. Well, you figured that out one song before me because I, I didn't quite get the imagery of like hellhounds chasing him to get him to come back to hell. Right. But, uh, it eventually came to me. Did it come to you in track number five, Hellhounds? <laughs> it did. That's that's actually exactly what it came to me. Featuring Patricia Day, who is also, I believe, another prominent figure in rockabilly music that I have not heard of before. Well, so her name sounded super familiar, and I was like, where have I heard this from? Felicia and it's, Day. I was thinking of Felicia Day. So. <laughs> Different that's... person, I believe. Could be, could be wrong. It, oh my, the, what a fucking twist that would be if Felicia Day by night was like some, some rockabilly, rockabilly icon. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Hellhounds. I really like this track, musically. I think this might be my favorite one, just probably just because it has this duet thing going on with Patricia Day that they've not done before previously. They've, at least from what I've heard, they haven't had another vocalist, nonetheless a female, nonetheless a kind of a duet set up for it, which is, I'm always into duets, I think, is, is the issue here. And I, just, <laughs> I, I really like this track because of it. Well, I really like this track. I wouldn't say it's my favorite because that comes later, but uh, so I do like... Well, yeah, 
Of course okay. I have a okay. favorite. I can't just listen to 12 songs and not pick a favorite, Jeremy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to guess. I have no idea which one it would be, but Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't try to guess because my tastes are pretty uh pretty out there, so <laughs> you know it'll be something that subverts your expectations. Yeah. But Maybe. uh I do like the guitar part on this song as I've keep saying I just I just like guitar, but yeah. I, I I like the guitar part and how bouncy it is and like how the drums accent it so well. Like they're just pounding and he, I don't know what he does with the drums, but I feel like it makes everything else sound better. But yeah. it could be the double bass, maybe adding some rumble or something. But yeah, I, I think all it's just there's there is definitely something happening between all of them that gives it a very like cohesive and and like well rounded and supported kind of feel to music, which is it's great. Almost like a band. Almost like a band. <laughs> <laughs> the brains, almost like a band. <laughs> Put that on your t-shirts and I'll buy one. God, I hope they do, because I would love to have that on a t-shirt. If they don't do that, I'm doing that for our band whenever Hell we yeah. have a band. Almost like a band. <laughs> awesome. Lyrically, this one, uh, it's called Hellhounds, and I mean, the 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 song titles so far have been pretty explanatory. So, yeah. the last song was talking about him not wanting to get dragged back to hell. Uh, the consequences of his actions... And this one is talking about trying to outrun the hellhounds and kind of the acceptance that you can't really escape them, but it's not going to stop them from trying. Right. Yep. That, that is, that is it. It's <laughs> That's about the song. running away from the hellhounds. <laughs> that, that is the consequences. Um, dot, dot, dot. Silence. What kind of band Probably. would play, play you <laughs> across the river sticks into hell? Know. Probably, Maybe. probably some sort of like mariachi band, like, uh, something like a, like the band of the dead, like a El Mariachi de la Muerta. Well, I think they'd be playing track number six, El Mariachi de la Muerta. Oh, that's a good catch! I didn't even realize you were segueing. Crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> dot dot dot. I had no idea where to go with that. Anyways, uh, this one's mostly what you'd expect. By this point, I kind of stopped talking about the music, but there's a really cool big like marching trumpeting section that kind of breaks up the song before the last chorus. It's really cool and and stands out. Yeah. And before it, I'm going to call it the drums again, because it's got this cool little, like during the verse, Mm -hmm. it's got this cool little like drum part. that sounds like, it sounds like he's doing like a drum roll, but just like occasionally. Yeah. And uh, I don't know anything about drums, but it sounds cool. So (laughs) super, super awesome, man. And yeah, it's their, also... their drummer, their drummer is very good at, at what he does, and and there were several, there are several points throughout the album that it's very like obvious to hear his his technical proficiency and stuff, which is fun. But I I didn't actually shout him out at all in my notes. I don't know his name. I should have done my research, considering we have a podcast where we talk about music. Nah, but... we just we don't talk about fact. We talk about the subjectivity. Our subjectivity doesn't care about your feelings. Exactly. You're fucking owned. Speaking uh, of feelings, yeah, this feelings. one, this one seems to be kind of almost a feeling of guilt. I think where he, he's he's they're maybe feeling a bit guilty from the sins that they've been committing that have been causing them to run from the hellhounds, so to speak. And there's, it, I don't know, there's just kind of this this feeling of dread and and guilt seeping in. See, I I didn't get that. What I got was that 
it was about like the girl that he was chasing after mm-hmm. turned on him and can command the dead and she can make music that will wake the dead and they will follow her oh, and like oh you know so okay maybe this could be he like fucked up one too many times and now she's the consequences of his actions oh. or something oh maybe but, that's just me. That's just me spitballing well, I, here. No, I mean, I, th- I think that fits in because, again, you kind of also have this kind of seduction or this mystical power kind of aspect of it, of, of someone. In this case, you're saying that this woman is able to rouse the skeletons and, and command them from the grave or whatever, which fits into the, the, the overall theming, I think, that they're using throughout this album. And it kind of also relates to something that comes up later in the album, I think. So maybe maybe this is sort of like a turning point where... He's he's kind of got himself in trouble, for real this time, with with some girl that he's been trying to get with or whatever. Well, maybe uh, maybe in the next few songs I'll convince you to come by my side, and and, and, and agree saying, with me. Saying, I mean, I'm already I'm already there. I'm right by your side, and I'm I'm gonna stay there as we talk about track number seven. Come by my side. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> do we need to get an air horn button? We Just do. Play it every time we have a successful segue. <laughs> That'll be a, that'll be a live thing. Like yeah. whenever we're just, we whenever we made it huge, and we're like selling out arenas so people yeah. can just listen come to and... us talk about music. <laughs> that would be the fucking day. <laughs> if our podcast sells out arenas for a live show, and we get an air horn button. Hell yeah! That's that's how we know we'll make that's it. That's how we know we made it. <laughs> this one is immediately boppy, and it almost reminds me of a Volbeat song. And this Ooh. is where I kind of started to reevaluate my life because I was like, I like Volbeat. And Volbeat, I, now that I think about it, could be considered like a form of rockabilly. Yeah, be- I can see that. So like there's some clapping to the beat in the background that really hit that feeling home. And I was like, ah, you know, maybe I'm turning a new leaf and I'm becoming a Billy. I'm becoming a Billy. <laughs> what, what? Oh my God. What was that? That song by Atreyu, Become the Billy? Like, get the fuck out of here, Joey. I don't need this shit from you, too. <laughs> that's, that's an inside joke I'm not going to explain on the air. But fuck you, is, is all I gotta say. We'll explain it at the live show. How about that? Yeah, at the live show in our sold-out arenas. Uh, but yeah, there's also a really, like, like a fake ending to this one that, that gets followed up by this really, like, jazzy, swingy breakdown kind of a thing before the last chorus that really stands out to me and I really like it. Yeah, I like that. And the only other thing that I pointed out was, of course, the guitar solo. But just because this one, it feels more rock and roll, I guess. And mm-hmm. there's like a tremolo picked part at the end that reminds me of just like a classic hard rock line. And uh, yeah. I'm all for it. So that's just, just super cool. So is this your favorite song? This is not my favorite song. Okay. This is this is looking good because I mean it's your favorite song. Like, it's got, you got to really like it. I do like it because you seem and to like a lot of these songs, which is surprising. Well, why is it surprising, huh? huh? I mean, huh? just from what you said at the beginning, at the at the start of this episode, you're like, I don't like rockabilly, <laughs> and I was like, well, this is this is a failure of a week, I guess. <laughs> you're constantly uh, talking about how great it is. So I will tell you. There are parts of like this song and other songs that I think I like more than the one that I would consider my favorite song, but there's just a part of this song of my favorite song that I like so much that I have to call it my favorite song. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Lyrically, this one I'm curious to see what you got. 
because this one it just kind of came across as like possession and, and seduction in a non-sexual way like like someone was being lured to their death or to their doom potentially by like a devil kind of tying back to the whole hell theme like someone was was being beckoned back to hell kind of a thing i kind of got like that's pretty much what i got and i kind of ran with it from the previous song where it was like the girl who can command the dead and she's trying to like sweet talk him yeah she's like trying to get him to be like okay well you're supposed to be in hell well you need to face the consequences of your action so uh come on over to the other side come 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 yeah. down here it, come, we come all float we all float down here <laughs> it's a classic quote from satan himself yeah hell yeah satan he's really <laughs> from, big into from, floaties from and lazy rivers floaties and lazy rivers i want that on a t-shirt satan's satan's into floaties and lazy Dude. rivers this is our merch episode where this we where we have all of our good ideas. Surprise! It's going to be a big surprise reveal at the end when when we actually are selling these shirts right now, and it was all a ruse the whole time. And Dude, we what a it. fucking mind fuck! <laughs> <laughs> That's not the case. We don't have merch. We don't we don't have any way of getting income from the show at all in any any sense of the word, unless you would just throw me mail me cash. Maybe if you know me in person, just hand me some cash. That that would count. I yeah. suppose, but there's, there's no official me. way. Venmo. Yeah, we need to set up a Venmo or a, what is it, Co- Ko-Fi? Is that pronounced Kofi? Kofi? Coffee? I don't Fuck know. Fuck if I know. I'm not hip. All I, I know is whenever we do get merch, it's going to sell out quick. People are going to be fighting or dying to get that merch. It's true. And and they'll be singing Track Number 8, I think, when they're fighting or dying for it. Because track number eight's called Fight or Die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't clear. <laughs> <laughs> this one's like an arena battle kind of feel with it. With the there's like a chanting of fight and some like pounding tongs going through it. I mean, it's called Fight or Die. They're pretty. They're pretty on the nose with their their song titles being representative of, of the song. So that that's really that's all there is to it for me. Yeah, it. I mean, yeah. It, it reminded me of like. I don't know the the old like punk songs like the oi type songs just that chanting where it, it just yeah. gives you this intensity throughout it this energy and uh it just yeah it's super cool. Yeah, so I I think in the context at least from my perspective this was hell catching up. This was the consequences coming full circle and now he's having to face them or die kind of a thing. Yeah, that's pretty much what I got like where the death is succumbing to battle. Yeah, it it did seem like it. Like it got me pumped up listening to this song. This whole what? album, I'm gonna just throw this out here. This whole album is uh, it's fun, is a way that I would describe it. Yeah, it's not like you're not gonna be listening to any of this music probably and be like head scratching or being like, ah, oh, I really like the the subtle change that they did there or how they right. they wove this storyline through using the music or it's not it's nothing you haven't. It's nothing you, I don't want to say it's nothing you haven't heard because you haven't heard it because unless you've listened to the album, you haven't heard, you right, haven't heard this right. album. But it's, it's not, nothing that's like a technical like Marvel, like there, there's nothing tremendously novel, I suppose, happening. Yeah. It. But fun fun is a great way to describe it and fun is a great way to describe their, their previous album as well. I think that's a good way of thinking about it instead of expecting it to be like the best music you've ever heard in your life you just kind of you put it on to enjoy yourself and, and 
kind of vibe out to a very specific feeling. Hell yeah. I, th- I think we could do it all night long, so come on. Let's, let's, let's do it all night. Well, I mean, shit, okay. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to ask this way on, on the show, <laughs> but uh, okay. Come on, okay. I'll be blaring track number nine all the way over to your house. <laughs> come on, let's do it all night. That's what track number nine's called. <laughs> and guess what? That's what it's about, too. I mean, just jumping right in. That's, I mean, again, they, their, their song titles are very apropos. They, they say what they mean, and they mean what they say. Apropos? Holy shit. I that's probably an, misused that word. In, that's in an my... apropos vocabulary you got there. <laughs> this is just where you judge me for using a word. I, I do it all the time. I, I, hey, okay, you know, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a, a, what would be an embarrassing story for somebody who isn't me. And, <laughs> uh, I use words wrong all the time. I use words that aren't words. And the other, I mean, it was probably a few months ago, I was describing something that was a liquid, and it's very much a liquid, and I described it as being liquidus. 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 I said, but I said liquidus. Liquidus. And they were, and it was in front of, like, Alyssa and my parents, and everybody was just, like, stopped what they were doing, and were like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, I would have, I would have ran with that. I wouldn't have been embarrassed. I and I was just like, with it. well, because then I doubled down. I was like, yeah, that's a word. <laughs> and they were like, no, it fucking isn't. <laughs> what are you talking yeah, I don't about? Know, I don't know if I would have doubled down on it. I would have I made it clear that I thought it was a funny word. And, and that's why I used it kind of with it. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, come on, let's do it all night. It's, it's, this one, I think, is the most standard rockabilly sounding track. It's very swingy and, and very upbeat. And it kind of has this like... This, this this older rock feel to it that, that kind of like almost like Elvis kind of style of rock but obviously with a more swingy and, and, and kind of rockabilly aesthetic so do you want to hear uh, I don't know the most uh, crazy character arc of of the year <laughs> is this your favorite song on the <laughs> this album? is my favorite song is on it the because album? of the wild piano solo that it is it? because of the fucking sick piano <laughs> solo <laughs> hell yeah dude like so the guitar solo is just like it's so rock and roll Mm -hmm. like it just hits with like this awesome it's got every it's got like the speed it's not too much but it's just enough to be awesome and just when you think oh that's a cool guitar solo that's when the piano solo comes in yeah the piano solo (laughs) is more rock and roll than the guitar solo it is it is definitely a rock and roll piano solo it's it's got like freebird piano vibes to it hell yeah and it just caught me off guard and i was just yeah. like okay i this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty cool I got, I got nothing else to say about it and lyrically i also don't really have a lot to say about it because it's just like i mean it's about fucking and partying all night long i mean what else is there and yeah what else is there to life like <laughs> you, you just fucking run around your dicks out you just swing it all over the place and it's just that's how that's how life is that's how life is every day of my life is just me running around with my dick out swinging it everywhere <laughs> listening like, to track number 10 <laughs> swing it <laughs> man this one has a cool echo effect on the guitar that really stood out and i really enjoy it i also really like the vocal harmony and, and the vocal melodies and stuff that happened in this track yeah like this is where it started i mean i liked his voice throughout the whole thing but i feel like his voice gets cooler towards mm-hmm. the towards the end tracks like it's just got this cool whaley ghosty 
vocal thing behind it. And man, it's just a bop. Like, honestly. Hashtag bopping. Hell yeah. Like, just the hashtag, way Hashtag feed bop loop. <laughs> oh my god. Can, is it too late to change our name? 80 episodes in, is it too late? Feed bop loop. I feel like that doesn't, that doesn't have the same ring as feedback loop. Feed bop boop, though. There you go. Feed bop boop. Feed bop boop. That's all it is now. Is this what we've become? This is what we've become. I mean, we got we got time. This is a short episode relative to the last couple of weeks, so even if we go long by derailing, it's still we're still within normal. May. Yeah, we're still not going for an hour and a half of me just railing <laughs> against the government <laughs> like an angsty teenager. Indeed, but yeah, it's a swing it. It's great sounding. I like it lyrically. This was interesting. I felt like this was kind of a turning point in the protagonists, like the male characters kind of arc in this, where to me, it kind of took me a few lessons to understand what I eventually came to the conclusion of, which is that the guy goes to a bar already with a girl. He, He has a girl with him. They go to a bar to hang out or whatever. And then I think what's happening is he's seeing another girl at the bar and he's having that kind of one night stand urge that he wants to like get it on with this other girl, but he's also kind of conflicted because he came with another girl. So I feel like this is some sort of like character development where there's another girl at the bar that's flirting with him that wants to like get it on with him and maybe have a threesome. I don't really oh. know what's happening there, but uh, he, he's still like, no, I can't. I really shouldn't. I think I, I think he says I, sh- I could or I, I don't remember the lyrics specifically, but there, there was something implying that he was kind of against it. But there's also a lot of lyrics that talk about them going home and getting it on anyway. So I'm not really sure what if, if that was more of a fantasy of saying like, yeah, I could do this. And this is what we what could happen if I go with this this new strange girl for for one night. But I'm, I'm kind of also feeling tied to the person that I came with. Yeah, I kind of like I didn't necessarily get like the tied to a girl part, but it's probably because I just missed the lyrics. Yeah. I feel like it it was, it was only mentioned like in the first line or two of the song. I did, however, get the feeling that he was like abstaining from like he had learned his lesson or something, or there was some sort of character development going on there. Yeah. Cause in this one, like, I don't know, in a kind of role reversal way, maybe, maybe it was just him like seeing himself in, in like kind of a reflective way where now there's this girl that's being overtly like into him and, and flirtatious. That's clearly only doing it for like a one night stand kind of a sex thing. And he realizes that that's what he's been doing. And I think that kind of leads in to the next track where he's, he's just, he's, he's experiencing maybe regrets for, for his sins. Maybe hell has caught up to him and, and he's paying the price and that price is kind of this sobering, effect and he, he's spending a lot of a lot of days alone on, on the weekdays he goes out and parties on the weekends but come you know wednesday he's, he's totally alone he's just having a lonely wednesday by himself and then he uh also happened to make track number 11 lonely wednesday hell yeah <laughs> this song <laughs> like... <laughs> sorry the air horn button was right there i slipped no. and fell on it it's fine it's it's like that radio like radio shows where they're just yeah. like in the morning, yeah, get some horns and fart noises and what else? 
what's that called? The zoo format? Is that what that is? Sure. I don't know. I don't listen to the radio. <laughs> so this song being called Lonely Wednesday, it just made me think of uh, that gloomy Sunday song. Like every oh, yeah. time I look at it, I just cannot think of anything <laughs> but that. It's a fun song. Yeah, it's a real fun <laughs> song. This song's a fun song. In, in in the op like in the actual fun song way. I mean yeah. it's not like the lyrics aren't necessarily fun or anything, but whenever it starts off, it reminds me of an Avenged Sevenfold song. <laughs> like Interesting. The way that he's singing and with how chuggy it is and the drums and then like the clackiness, which at this point I thought was the drums. So I was yeah. like, okay, he's got like an all around drum thing going on, which not that anybody could drum like the rev or anything but i was just like it's got some cool drum stuff going on here and it just that's kind of where my mind went interesting i did not have any or any musical notes on this one at all (gasps) oh (laughs) well okay then let me continue with mine because i got a page of them not really i just um, page this is where the next half an hour is going to be spent on this one song i mean our new our new aim time to aim for is an hour and a half right yeah yeah it's the new average (laughs) yeah uh the only other thing i had to say was like it gets a Wild West vibe whenever there's like a more instrumental part about halfway through. It gets just mm-hmm. a cool, yeah, like it feels like um, there's a tumbleweed blowing around and, and I'm a sheriff. Because you're alone out, out in the desert with no one around you, you know, you have yeah. a lonely, lonely time on Wednesday. Lyrically, this is kind of, I think, the evolution of what I was getting at with Swing It, where he's he's realizing that he's tired of having these kind of one night stands with chicks and not being able to keep them around. And I think he's blaming himself for it because that I, I think that's the kind of relationship that he's been seeking out. And that's the kind of girl he's been seeking out. And he's kind of realizing that like, maybe that's not the best way to get a long-term <laughs> thing going on. And that just leaves him lonely during the week when he, when he doesn't have a girl that he's finding and picking up at a bar. Yeah. That's uh, essentially what I got lyrically as well. Like, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe this album wasn't like it was meant to not have lyrics online just so that we could have, you know, an easy, like a softball album where we just kind of like, okay, I can understand all the (laughs) lyrics. So like I can actually try to parse meaning from it. Yeah, instead of of accidentally reading what somebody else thinks it means. (laughs) Accidentally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a huge air quote there. (laughs) Totally accidentally. Track number 12 is Electric Avenue, Yeah, by the way. Not going to segue. I feel like it's a bonus track. I I feel like it should be. I don't know if... Yeah, well, yeah, I I will say that. I I think it is included on the original, like, track list of the album. But, like, thematically, musically, I I, I feel like this is more of a thrown-in, just kind of like a... Just a fun little little extra song. Yeah, because it's, it's a it's a cover of Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue. Yeah, and I mean it's cool. Like his voice is fine for the cover. I yeah. I still like the original more. But you know, like it's a cool, it's a decently original take on it. So it's yeah. not like they didn't just copy it. Like they still brought their kind of rock sound to it, where the original had more like electronic reggae vibes to it. I mean, vibes. It it is. <laughs> like an electronic reggae-ish sound, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, it's 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 their take on Electric Avenue. I yeah, that that is that is what it is, and I, I don't think we need to really discuss anything <laughs> anything further about that. But uh, yeah, it, it, I'm glad that it seems like you've enjoyed this album more than you anticipated. 
which that's a, that's a win for me. I think I I enjoyed it in a different way than I anticipated because again, coming from Out in the Dark, I was expecting it to be kind of cheesy and kind of I, I mean I expected a fun like Halloween album kind of a thing that that's not necessarily telling a story or having any sort of theme other than there's a monster and this is about the monster that we're singing about on this track kind of a thing. Uh, so I, 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 I was kind of put down by that because I was expecting something that was kind of cheesy and fun. And I got something that's actually really polished and, and like a full <laughs> film, final thing. So I do think this album is quote unquote better from a music standpoint and from a production standpoint, but I, I think their previous album out in the dark is is a better fit for the season at the very least it's it's kind of a fun cheesy horror monster of the week kind of thing well then uh maybe that's what i'll be listening to whenever i'm uh trunk or treating <laughs> do it blare it I, I wouldn't do that if you're going trunk or treating because I, I feel like there are some some expletives being <laughs> being put into some of their songs but uh yeah I, i'd recommend checking it out it's, it's a fun album for sure it's good spooky sounds i would also recommend this album uh if you if you're into to i guess rockabilly psychobilly whatever check check this out if you think you might be into it or if you think you aren't into it check it out because clearly joey thought he wasn't and now he's he's a stan yeah i at least like i definitely the second i saw psychobilly whenever i was trying to feverishly trying to find lyrics for this album <laughs> and i saw psychobilly i was just like yeah i'm I'm excited that that you liked it and i'm excited to see what you've picked for next week if it has any relations i'm assuming it doesn't no that was it, kind it, of the intention of me picking this album also because we just came off of five weeks of doing uh your folk punk stuff so i wanted something just kind of just out there to reset momentum and expectations so what what, what album are we listening to this week Okay, the album is called Technicolor Health, and it's by the band Harlem Shakes. Harlem Shakes? I feel like I've heard of that. Oh my Obviously, God. I've if, heard of the Harlem Shakes, but yeah, I feel like okay. I've heard of the band Harlem Shakes as well. Well, if you've uh, heard this album a whole lot or something, well, I'll, I'll make an edit, and I'll just record a sound clip of me saying a different album name. We'll just listen to a different album. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be real jarring, too. It's not going to be like smoothly edited in. It's going to be like... ACDC back in black because <laughs> that's the album we would do. no I've, I've not listened to Harlem okay. Shakes I'm, I'm fairly confident in that but I feel like I've heard the band name at the very least so yeah next week Technicolor Health Harlem Shakes that's what we're doing let us know what you guys thought of uh, Satana Tarantula or the brains or if you have any thoughts about Rockabilly or if you guys want to suggest an album to us you know drop some comments send us messages on all of the, the social feeds, as it were, and uh, same feedback. Uh-huh.